Now at 8.14, I should say happy Hungle Day to you once again and stress this is the only country that actually celebrates the invention of its writing system as a designated national holiday. We're celebrating the 572nd anniversary of the invention of Hangul. The original name, when it was first published in 1446, was actually Hunmindongam. And let's discuss the science of the system and the way it encouraged literacy to break through social barriers with Professor Samuel Robert Ramsey, who specialises in East Asian linguistics at the University of Maryland and co-authored A History of the Korean Language. Thank you for joining us. My great pleasure. I must say that uh, it is an honour to speak to you on uh, Hunger Day, but uh, this particular year is also special because it's the 600th year uh, anniversary of King Sejong's uh, ascent uh, of the Korean throne. So it's a special Hunger Day. Indeed it is. And people can head to Gwanghwamun, they can enjoy the King Sejong center, but also the big statue, and maybe it's a good opportunity to go and take a photo there <laughs> on the occasion. Absolutely. But, I've done that many times. Well, it's a great place to take photos. Uh, uh, but f- famous scholar Jared Diamond praised Hangul as an ultra-rational system. Can you explain to us a little more on that, if you agree? Well, I certainly have I've been enamored. I've certainly been... Uh, delighted with this particular writing system for almost the better part of a half century. So, yeah, of course, I have to say that uh, it is, well, it's, there's no other writing system uh, like it. Uh, it is an alphabet, but it's much more than an alphabet. It uh, has a kind of a rationality that's built into the structure that you won't find in any other writing system. Um, what what people always say about it is that these consonant letters, the letters of the, the alphabet, are these uh, um, um, simplified drawings uh, of these, these uh, uh, graphs that show how the sound is articulated in the mouth. This is part of the rationality, I suppose, that Jerry Diamond was talking about. But most people miss something else about them that he and others don't talk about and that is uh, that uh, that these the, the letters um, also show the relationships between those uh, uh, symbols it's uh, the uh, the uh, letters themselves yes that's uh, certainly we know that that was true that uh, these uh, that these letters were constructed that way, but uh, the uh, the letters, the relationship between the letters uh, shows the phonological, the way uh, the sounds are organized uh, within the uh, within the mouth. For example, you have uh, nian, which roughly represents uh, graphically an n, and then another stroke is added to that for tigut. And another uh, stroke is added to that to give kiyot. So you have those three consonants that share the same basic structure. Now that is something that it, it's a it's a uh, graphic illustration of the internal phonological structure of the Korean language that other systems don't 
have. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at, but if you look at English uh, or uh, the Roman alphabet, an N, a D, and a T uh, look nothing alike. They share nothing. There's nothing. They're, they're quite arbitrary. They have no nothing, no feature in common. But here, Korean alphabet shows that they are related, and so this is what linguists sometimes call, uh, you know, a uh, the uh, a featural representation. Uh, articulatory features are, are actually built into the graphic structure of this alphabet. This is why uh, it's quite it is unique. There's no other writing system like that that shows these things. Uh, most Koreans, I don't think most Koreans are aware that there is this internal. Uh, built-in structural representation. Um, I heard you say one other thing, though, about the Korean. I'd like to say one little thing about it. You said that Korean is the on- Korea is the only place that celebrates this, but that's not altogether true. I know several uh, universities here always celebrate Korean Alphabet Day, Hunger Day. We do here for a couple of decades. They have at other universities, particularly those uh, linguistics departments, because this is for this is uh, so in- exciting for people whose specialty is linguistics, like me. <laughs> well, it's good to hear. I mean, just to clarify, I said it's the only country that actually celebrates the system as a holiday, as a as a designated That's national right. holiday. That's so. Right. That's right. It's just we go that extra mile. I think to some visitors to the country, they they might be bemused by that, but then they sort of just enjoy the holiday, so they're not going to complain too much about it either. The the thing is, so if you took, I mean, just drawing on what you were saying before, if you took a, a child who had no linguistic exposure at all, because of the construction of Hangul as a, an alphabet, would you say it would be easier for them to to learn and memorize that than English, for example. Well, the uh, the Roman alphabet. I, I mean, if you could just compare it to the Roman alphabet, I mean, there are only twenty four symbols that are used today in, for hunger, and those are not hard to to learn. But uh, I th- well, I think that any speaker of Korean, any Korean person who speaks Korean, can certainly read a text very quickly written in hunger, uh, but. It's not so easy to write Korean. You know, spelling in Korean uh, in Hangul is not always straightforward. There are so many problems, and you can see young Koreans today have a very difficult time keeping up with the spellings. And they use, you know, know, email and, you know, uh, various uh, electronic media. They don't even try. They just write in all kinds of random ways. So... Yeah, the, the symbols are easy enough to uh, learn to learn, but uh, learning to spell is is not as easy as it as it's as it's said to be because the spelling conventions are sometimes difficult to learn. Well, speaking English can be a challenge with pronunciation, as you correctly point out. Roman alphabet. Um, rather than English alphabet, uh, can sometimes deceive us, uh, especially when it comes to names or places that I have to read out on air. And it's a, a celebration of Hangul that I can often just look at the way it's written in Hangul to, to give me a, a better clue as to how to say that word, um, which is kind of a victory in itself. 
Well, you're right. <laughs> we speak with English. Uh, can't talk about uh, spelling problems because we're probably among the worst, uh, you know, most difficult kinds of uh, inconsistencies for spelling. But uh, yeah, uh, Korean spellings. Uh, actually, the spellings that were first used uh, in the 14th, uh, I mean, in the 15th century. Were uh, were done differently from the way they're done now. Um, they were, in, in some senses, much more transparent then under King Sejong in his day. In the next 150 years, they were much easier uh, than they than they were later in the beginning of the, of the 20th century when standard spellings, uh, and especially in the 1930s when standard spellings were put down. But uh, yeah, the the system itself is. It's extremely transparent. I mean, I don't think there's a system anywhere in the world that's no, more transparent. No, in theory, it's thanks to that that we have wide literacy in this country. But that doesn't tell the whole story. On the surface, it's easy for me to say, "Oh, it's great the the creation of this writing system by King Sejong and and um, the scholars of that time helped to uh, ensure the whole population could enjoy texts." But actually, there were aristocrats or members of the aristocratic class who wanted to hold on to writing and reading as a privilege. Can you tell us a bit more about that struggle and how it ended up? Well, it's certainly one that King Sejong himself confronted. Uh, and there's something else that's often said about uh, about the uh, Humin Jong-um and uh, the invention of, of Hangul that is, I think is a misunderstanding. It's often said uh, in, in encyclopedias even, that, uh, that Hangul was a, uh, a project that King Sejong presided over w- with his young members of the uh, College of Assembled Worthies. But that's not true. King Sejong invented this alphabet. He created this alphabet by himself. The only other person who could have even known about it was the crown prince. And that's because there was this deep-seated uh, opposition to it, and he knew that the members uh, of the court would have been uh, would have been really opposed to it if he had uh, let anyone know that he was working on this kind of writing system. And in fact, as soon as the alphabet was announced, there was an anti-alphabet memorial presented, and King Sejong had to defend it. Uh, in court, and we have their transcripts of what was said. Uh, the famous anti-alphabet memorial of Ch- uh, Chemalia uh, and his followers opposed this invention. They said that people who, uh, if people get wind of the fact that we have this this writing, this uh, this novel writing system, why? will be thought of by the world as no as barbarians no better than the japanese or the uh, or the mongolians or something he said it's a matter of national pride we cannot be seen as having something like this well the thing is Femali had no idea what he was talking about and the transcripts show that whereas king sejong who was probably the most knowledgeable person about phonological science of anybody, maybe even in the world at that time, <laughs> he knew exactly what he was talking about. Mm. And he patiently explained all of these things. 
that's why, you know, when I saw these, I mean, I, I thought, oh, my goodness, uh, as a linguist, how could I how could I admire anyone more? Than well, congratulations to you, by the way, Professor Samuel Robert Ramsey, for your work. You've also been um, given the honor of the Ilsok Korean Award for your contribution to research in the Korean language and hopefully have inspired further interest in Hangul for us today.